Good morning, everyone. Today is October 16th, and it is well, 10 after 9 in the morning. I slept longer today. I was surprised I woke up from a dead sleep at 7.30, which is somewhat late for me. And it is a balmy 39 degrees outside. So I'm going to sit and have my... Mm, so good. My first cup here on the table on the east side of the house, the one with the white pumpkin on it, which is right now a snow-covered pumpkin still, but the last of the snow is rapidly melting. You can hear the birds singing away. Jackson is taking advantage of the nice weather to prowl out here and, I don't know, presumably dig up uh, presumably dig up food for the winter. Sorry, I don't know if I, I forgot to freeze my screen. Hopefully that didn't pause too dramatically there. One good thing about the change in the weather is he doesn't want to race off as much. He tried going out a couple times yesterday and Sunday with the snow and the cold, but he wasn't very happy with it. <clears throat> so actually it's very nice out here on the east side just got on my most favored green shawl and very pleasant this little ice cap on the pumpkin is funny we already had a pumpkin picture but maybe we should have a <coughs> excuse me have another just because it's cute with this little icy. Cap. It's the only problem is that I forget to talk while I'm doing other things. Hopefully you all don't mind. Okay, and freezing the screen. There we go. <coughs> so... Yeah, I slept really hard last night. You know how it is when you get one of those sleeps where you just sleep super hard and restfully and you wake up suddenly and feeling refreshed? Oh, yeah, it was one of those. This felt super good. I got work done yesterday on Harlan and Ursula's story, now officially called The Dragons of Summer. For those of you who have been following online, you know that and saw that we um, have that collection, Seasons of Sorcery, up for pre-order now. So I had to settle on a title, but I like that one. I think that it works well. I've got a couple people lined up to read it, beta read it for me, critique it for me in the next couple of weeks, so that's good. And the birds are really zooming around this morning. They're all happy that the sun's out and it's warm and they're going to go get the seeds. They're also flocking up, you know, in the autumn. The birds start to uh, flock together more. A lot of them in preparation for moving south or others for finding places to winter. 
we saw that this was considered unseasonably cold weather this week. I'm never sure what metric they use for that. You know, unseasonable, does that mean with <laughs> climate change, does that mean unseasonable in the last couple of years <laughs> or unseasonable for a long time? Sometimes I think the meteorologists throw that term unseasonable around uh, without really putting it in context. You know, like, are we talking geologic time? <laughs> okay, yeah, that's not fair. But, you know, I do remember, I grew up in Denver, and I remember the falls of my childhood, uh, especially, you know, like, it would always snow on Halloween in Denver. I saw somebody uh, on social media saying, hey, people of Denver, because Denver got this snow, too. You know, hey, people of Denver, stop complaining. This isn't unusual. The last few years have been unusual. And I do think that that's true. We would always get snow in October. Back in my youth, my mom will probably be nodding. I think she would agree to this. She grew up in Denver, so she would have even longer... Or she grew up there also. She was born there. Uh, she would have an even longer memory for what the seasonable meant then. But we're supposed to have a return to 50s and 60s next week. I'm thinking about going up to Taos to visit my friend Minerva. We maybe could do a podcast there. It would be fun. Where she invited me to come for a writer slumber party which would be kind of a kick. And Taos is pretty this time of year, so I, I might just do that. I think that would be fun. little weekend getaway. I was thinking a little bit more about my... Um, I don't know, was it a rant? My review of The Prince- Princess Diarist. And I had made some notes... Um, that I was looking at again this morning, just things I was thinking about as I was reading. And I think there were a few things going on there. You know, Carrie Fisher was admittedly um, using a lot of drugs. Uh, and she and she even has in the book, she says that Harrison Ford had this uh, unusually potent pot. So when she says that they spent a whole lot of time sitting around not talking to each other, that he was very silent and not talking to each, not talkative, and that they never discussed. Part of the reason they didn't talk was because their relationship was the elephant in the room, and they didn't ever talk about their relationship, so they couldn't talk about anything. You know, I was thinking, well, and also they were super stoned. <laughs> you know, and it's you really have to parse those things out because there's a difference between, you know, figuring out your relationship with someone and what you do and don't talk about and then also you know the the mind altering effects of a of a chemical like that of a drug you know i smoking pot you know affects your brain and that's one thing it does is it can make you be really silent i mean that's why they call it being stoned right you just kind of sit there and stare off into space, you know, so when she describes Harrison Ford as being that way on these weekends, they would spend the weekend together, you know, that, well, yeah, <laughs> that's what happens when you get stowed. 
Excuse me. I try to cover the mic if I sneeze, but I think we had a little explosion of pollen with this sort of like the last gasp of the desert plants because we've both been sneezing. But then the other thing I was thinking about with that is that, and she kind of gets into this, and maybe this is one of the things I wish she had explored more. If I had been, I always have that piece of my brain, you know, like if I were this writer's critique partner, what would I have told them? And one thing I would have asked her to do was investigate more uh, some of the things that she says about him. And, you know, I think she was, in her 19-year-old diaries, she she felt like he was inscrutable, that he maybe was thinking very deep thoughts. Um, and he had been a philosophy major in college. But, you know, he had also been a C student in high school and not an athlete and not, an athlete and not really distinguished in any way. And I was thinking about this. <laughs> you know, we don't like to say this of people, but, you know, when we l- get later in life, we kind of lose the metric for who's smart and who is not. You know, in high school, it was very, very clear, right? You know, you always knew who was, like, good in school and who wasn't. And, of course, class performance doesn't always translate to uh, intelligence, you know, so you can always say, well, there's some people who simply don't perform well in the classroom, which is true. And I know that I was always a good test taker, so I performed well. Ah. There's something in my eye now. My contact lens is bothering me. So, maybe this is Harrison Ford wanting to stop me from suggesting that, you know, maybe he's just not all that smart. And I think that that's an interesting thing to consider, especially, you know, as we evaluate perceptions of men and women. I feel like there's a lot of that out there right now. You know, like, what do we allow in male behavior that we don't allow in female behavior and vice versa? And, you know, I think that with men, we always have this um, kind of spin that if they're good-looking and charismatic, like Harrison Ford obviously is, and then also silent, that they must be thinking deep thoughts. Whereas a woman who is like that, who is beautiful and sexy and charismatic, charming, sensual, all the words we use for women, if she doesn't have much to say, then we think, well, maybe she's a bimbo, (laughs) which is okay because women aren't really expected to be more than that necessarily. In fact, some men might prefer that. Uh, some women might prefer that. But it's interesting just to look at those twin standards of behavior and expectation. A friend of mine was at a writer's conference recently, and she was telling me about uh, someone that she got to hang out with who is a very smart woman and a very smart writer, 
and my friend said oh well that this writer and her husband um, have been together for some time but before that he was married to someone else and they were both writers at conventions and he ended up divorcing his first wife apparently the first marriage was very unhappy and married this other writer and my friend was telling me well that this really shook up the entire community that it was still you know still a really big deal and she said you know a lot of people still have a hard time forgiving her for this and I said well isn't it interesting that it's about forgiving her and my friend said yes and it absolutely is it's about she said she was the other woman and it's about forgiving her and it's it's so interesting because you know we consider women to be the guardians of sexual virtue and if the other woman entices the man away from a marriage then it's not his fault for being enticed it's her fault for doing the enticing because after all men just can't help but be enticed I guess which is very strange <laughs> it's like well okay I remember that about reading um, Margaret Atwood's Robber Bride. I really uh, did not like, I thought it was a well-written book, but I really did not like that story because it's about a group of friends and this one woman who goes and systematically steals each woman's husband. And, and it's, you know, Margaret Atwood is brilliant and amazing, and I, I loved many things about it, but and she did frame it in terms of the battle between the women and the man was the prize to be stolen which you know is a nice uh, flipping of the trope but at the same time it sort of just assumed that men can't help themselves that men can be easily seduced and stolen away uh, given the proper opportunity that you know that they will just uh, be led by their short leash, as it were. It's just interesting to think about those, what our perceptions are of those things. I think if, if we change that story back and made it a man going around and stealing various women's or various men's wives from them, that's certainly a story that we tell, right? You know, where the woman is a trophy to be stolen. But we would really blame her for allowing it to happen, I think. Maybe I'm wrong. You could give me examples if, if you think that I am wrong on this. I'm still obviously piecing this theory together and thinking about different things because I've also been reading The Lions of Alversan by Guy Gavriel Kay. Is it Guy or Guy? I actually don't know. I've seen him at conferences, and I, I don't know. Uh, but I'm, I'm obviously very late to the party on this one. I just never had read that book. And I heard it, I've heard it um, recommended many times, and often by people who read my books. And I am liking it, um, to my surprise. I... I don't always like boy fantasy. I talk about that a lot. I know um, that I have 
little patience for boy fantasy. And I really thought that this would be boy fantasy. And to some extent it is. Um, people had said, oh, no, no, there are some great female characters. And there is uh, Yehan, the, the physician, uh, who is actually a POV character, Gasp. Um, and so that's good. And she's interesting. And she is strong. I have to put air quotes on that. Don't we hate that word, strong heroine? What do we even mean? A strong heroine is one who is like actually has lines and things to do other than, you know, cling to her husband's ankles as he strides manly out the door, manfully out the door. Um, You know, she's a physician, so she has a career and she has an adherence to uh, principles other than what the men are doing. Um, I've I'm only 40% through, but I I do have a slight objection in that other than her practice as a physician, she has yet to play much of a, take much of an active role in the story. She hasn't been heroic so far. I'm I'm holding off. Maybe she will be. Um, But it's very interesting that, and and she is the only female POV role so far. Um, There are a couple of other female well no that's not true I'll take that back I think that uh, King Romero's wife the Queen Inez yeah we did start in her point of view so we've gotten a little bit of her and there's a couple of other women who we may get their points of view Um, oh wait so don't come after me with pitchforks I'm sorry Uh, and maybe there'll be more later because he is doing that um, somewhat storied technique of adding POV characters as he goes, which I don't really love. Although I do think that Kay is more deft about it than most. But my point, and I do have one, is that the uh, two cars went by on the road at once. We almost never have traffic and they actually passed each other feels like something must be happening only they're going opposite directions uh, my it's interesting that the heroic characters are so freaking heroic and 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 this is sort of being built up slowly with these two men who are both uh, interested in Yehan uh, I can't tell how much that's going to play out um, one of them is married and Rodrigo and then there's also Aman Uh, but you know it's like there's just nothing these guys can't do you know and Aman is both an amazing fighter strategist leader and a world-renowned poet (laughs) and uh, Rodrigo is a is very similar. I don't think he's a poet. I think that's like the only thing that he can't do that's the same. Um, You know, and so it's interesting to read about these heroic characters, but it does make me giggle a little bit because, you know, there's that horrible term, which I think we're vowing not to use anymore, but I'll say it. You know, the idea of the Mary Sue character, where people complain that uh, a female character is just far too perfect that she's like full of uh, good morning that she's full of 
um, every possible virtue and can do anything. And it's obnoxious because we have long had these, or the criticism is obnoxious because we have long had these uh, characters, uh, male characters who are exactly like this. You know, it's like <laughs> there's just nothing that these guys can't do. Oh, and the, and they're both excellent lovers as well. You know, and it, it's it's just funny. So, but I am enjoying the book. I just think that. Um, that's sort of a, a long and a winding series of thoughts on male and female characters and men and women and what we expect of each other. And with that, I am going to go right from my hero's point of view, uh, Harlan, who uh, we're actually having kind of a fun, fun battle scene. So look at me writing battle scenes all over the place. I will hope you all have a... Uh, Wonderful Tuesday, and I will talk to you tomorrow. Thank you for sharing my first cup of coffee with me, and have a lovely day. Bye-bye.